necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour. I'm John. Hi, and I'm Rena. So on our show, in the introduction, it says it's sponsored by Simply Great Lives. And I wonder if some of you are out there going, what the heck is that? And I just thought I'd share, clarify, that's the name of our company. That's us. That's us. So <laughs> We sponsor our own show because we care about it that much. Yep. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about hijacked by emotions. And I don't know about you folks, but I know I've been in situations where somebody said the wrong thing and it pushed my button and it took me out. I've heard of it called like an emotional banana peel. Oh, like <laughs> you walk along, hit the banana peel. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that, though. It feels like I'm spinning out, though. It's, mm. uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel trapped mm-hmm. when that happens to me. So today we're going to talk about emotions. We're not taught a whole lot these days about how to feel and how to deal with emotions. So we're going to talk about them, what they are, why we have them. And it might sound weird, but we're going to talk about how to feel. How do you feel your emotions in a productive way? And then what do you do when you're hijacked by emotions? This is useful stuff. I know a lot of times feelings can feel so out of control. It's like a beast that grabs us and and takes us for a ride. And so we really want people, we want you, our listeners, to be empowered, to be cool with your emotions and to be good with the other, the emotions of other people as well. To get started on this topic, I thought it'd be helpful to just lay a found, foundational idea of what we mean by emotions. So emotions have two components to them, a physical sensation in the body and a label that we apply to it. The physical sensations in the body, you'll be familiar with. They come, come around at certain times. We might uh, have some, some tightness in our stomach have our muscles tighten. We may experience some nausea, sweaty palms, a red face, prickly, you know, hair standing up on the back of the neck. Our, our breathing may quicken. Our heartbeat goes faster. I mean, there could be some serious stuff going on in the body. Right. And that includes facial expressions, too. It so does. Stuff, Stuff goes on on our face, and it might flash across without us even being aware of it. Kind of gives an outer indication of what's going on yeah. inside. For me, I I'll oftentimes, depending on the emotion, feel a tightening in my throat. Ooh, yeah. 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 Hence getting choked up. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. And the sadness and, and other emotions. That makes sense. And I love the word feelings. Just in and of itself really kind of speaks to that idea that there's something that we feel inside our bodies yes the other component is the label that we choose to apply to it to describe it so this one's green and that one's purple no not exactly (laughs) (laughs) although i've heard that certain colors do kind of apply to different emotions but yeah no it's it's more like you know we experience some sensations and that based on what we've got going on in our head we call that anger or we call that sadness and there's actually room for interpretation on that. 
In fact, there's a nifty technique. It's it's the only example I could think of, but where two different emotions feel very, very similarly in the body. So anxiety and excitement feel very much the same. So if you're feeling nervous about something, you can actually call it excitement in your mind and talk about it that way, and that can kind of help change the experience of that feeling. But basically, two different people can be having the same physical experience, and they can call it something else. So there's some room for individual interpretation there. Yes. Yeah, now, feelings are neither good nor bad. It's easy to want to categorize them, well, even hear about negative emotions. And I think that's because of the unpleasant kind of feelings associated with that. But feelings are neither good nor bad. They simply are. So I invite you to consider for yourself that emotions are okay, no matter what they are. And they are very much our friend. They, they teach us, they show us what's going on, they give us important information, and they're basically a part of the human experience. This is our experience here on Earth, that we get to have something called emotions that we feel in our body, and we apply a label in our mind, and that's, that's just part of being a person. Wow, it's interesting, you call it being our friend. Yeah, you tripping on that? Yeah, a little bit. I don't, I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, for most of my life, I don't think I would have called emotions my friend. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. But here's why. Just, just kind of a reframe, and I, it's just something to consider, is that emotions, what they are, they're an indicator. It's kind of like having a dashboard and an indicator light comes on, like, you know, check oil or something like that. It, it tells us that there's something going on inside of us that we should check out or maybe there's something outside that's affecting us so it's really an opportunity to see what's going on it reminds me of somebody who has diabetes and because of neuropathy they've lost sensation in their feet and I've had some friends who had this and they needed to be careful to walk with shoes on because they didn't feel stuff with their feet if they injured their foot they wouldn't necessarily know it and that could cause some major problems, an infection, ultimately needing uh, to remove the foot and amputation, and that seems really severe, but that's what happens when we don't have an indicator, something to tell us that something's going on that we need to check out and take care of. So I guess you're not talking about just, you know, unplugging the light and turning the indicator off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, I think a lot of people do that. <laughs> That's not what we're recommending on this show. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I like to think of emotions as being a response to a cognitive event. And that's kind of based on my social work training that I would think about things on a cognitive level. That Basically, the idea is there's a thought, there's something going on in the mind that causes these sensations in the body. They don't come out of nowhere. There was something that happened in our mind to lead up to that. And it's a really great opportunity to get curious. It may indicate that there's an experience that we need to process. Something happened and we need to kind of work through it. It could mean that something's off outside of us. Maybe we're having a need that we're not expressing and isn't being met. Or maybe there's something going on inside of us that needs some adjusting, like our self-concept or our self-esteem. Just some examples. 
It is always an opportunity to get curious whenever we're experiencing emotions, to get curious about what's going on, what are we thinking that would cause those reactions in our body. Yeah, and we were talking about it earlier about when you say it kind of stems from things going on in our mind. We kind of had to unpack that a little bit because I think in my experience, sometimes I might have emotions and it's not like I had a conscious thought that led to that. They just seem to appear. Yeah. And, and we talked about it. And I think we figured that a lot of our emotions might be coming from our subconscious and not just our conscious mind. But but it might not be feeling like we're thinking about something and suddenly we have emotions. But they seem to be coming from somewhere else, at least in our experience. That's why it sometimes takes some effort to sit down and sort it out. Where Where is this coming from? Why am I feeling nervous? Why am I feeling afraid? Why am I so angry? Where is this coming from? Because like, like you're saying, it's not always conscious. Right. It's not like we sat down, thought it out, and then therefore <clears throat> felt. It may have been some random thoughts that flew by real fast or that we weren't particularly aware of, you know, and so that's why it takes that curiosity to kind of rummage around in the mind and figure out what exactly is going on there. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while trying to figure out what is going on, for me at least, you know. I, I, I might have relate. had an experience many years in the past, and now I'm reacting to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where is it coming from because it's from something from so long ago. I'm not, it's not connected consciously in my mind to what's going on in this present moment. That's awesome. We're going to unpack some of that a little bit because, yes, it's, it's hard to always identify where exactly the feelings are coming from. I find that it's helpful to talk about it. Journaling is totally a good option, too, for just sorting things out. There's something beautiful about the old-fashioned pen and paper, what I found, especially when I used to write more, when I see, could see better. But the time that it would take to get my thoughts from my mind out my hand to the paper, that was some time to process there, just the amount of time versus, you know, clicking away on a keyboard, which is certainly better than nothing. So talking and journaling is kind of a good way to, to do that. Before we head into a break, I wanted to let you all know that we have show recordings available on theimpacthour.com. So if you miss part of today's show or any show, you're welcome to listen to recordings there. Stay tuned for more of the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour.
<laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah, technical difficulty there. Welcome but, back to the Impact Hour. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, wanted to mention that uh, if you have a push button, somebody says the wrong thing, and that just spins you out, and emotions are coming up, you feel like you're being hijacked by emotions, and at this point, you feel like you're not present in the moment anymore. You've just been taken out of the game. We'd love to have you call into the show and we could talk about that and see if we can help you process through that and lessen the severity of your push button. You can call the show at 866-576-1055. Again, that is 866-576-1055. And we are continuing to talk about emotions and what it means uh, to feel and what happens uh, when you are hijacked by emotions and what to do about that. Wanted to share a little bit today about kind of what I was taught growing up. Maybe you would relate, but I was taught pretty much that emotions are bad. They're not our friends. They're a problem that we just have to manage. And I was kind of taught that if emotion is shown that that's weakness. And it's kind of interesting. I got those messages from a number of different places in different ways. And I was kind of looking at this, and my immediate family didn't talk about emotions very much. And they didn't show emotions a whole lot. And, and uh, my extended family, though, would say things like, big boys don't cry. So if I fell down and my, my shin had gotten scraped up and I was bleeding you know, when you're a kid, that's just natural. You cry. It hurts. But they'd say, oh, oh, be quiet. Be tough. Dude, sometimes I hurt myself when I cry and as an adult. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I had the message that, that emotions are, are not good things. And then I had times uh, when I was younger that my dad would get angry. So kind of uh, you know, mostly stoic until he was angry and then it was like all of a sudden you just blew up completely and so i learned that emotions are scary mm. you know they're they're uncontrollable they're they're scary they're dangerous somebody could get hurt um and i remember when uh, i was uh i believe a six at the time I had a younger sister pass away and my parents of course were devastated by that so they did the best that they could but in that in that time, in the, in the following weeks, there was no one there for me to talk about my emotions, to help me process through that. Um, it was kind of a, a non-topic mm. for me. A lot of times people just don't even know how to talk about it, so they don't. I've, I've noticed that a lot around loss and sadness. People just don't seem to have the wherewithal, the resources to, to address stuff. Yeah. And then in the workplace, of course, they talked about or they didn't talk about emotions at all. <laughs> and uh, they, they talked about facts and figures and strategies. You know, that's what it was all about in the workplace. And I remember at least one workplace I had where if there was a debate about which way to go forward, trying to, you know, arguing about, you know, what's the best choice here. If one person could cause the other person to get emotional, then the emotional person lost the argument and they picked the other choice. Oh, that's interesting. It was like a weakness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so as soon as one person got emotional about it, then that was it. They lost the argument, <clears throat> and then it, you know. So that's definitely kind of highlighting, 
you know, emotions as weakness. So I went through a whole lot of my life avoiding emotions, trying not to feel emotions, trying to stuff my emotions, and I didn't know how to feel, and I certainly didn't have safe places to express emotion. So this has been a big growth area for me as we're sharing with you. I'm hoping, hoping that my experience, and of course Rena's as well, would help you guys out uh, just learning to deal with emotions. And for me, what it took was it, it took a place uh, to be safe enough for me to feel emotions. For me, that was kind of the beginning of it, a safe place where I could express emotions and nobody would, would criticize. I wouldn't lose an argument and, and it was okay. It's kind of like the idea of having a, a powerful reference experience. Yeah. So you experienced a safe place where it was okay to, to have it feelings, and, and it was okay. It was okay. You, you didn't blow up. Nobody died. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was all right. It didn't take control over me. I didn't get hijacked. I just had emotions, and, and they were temporary. They, they got done. It's an important thing. I'll highlight that later. Emotions are temporary. It only feels like they're going to last forever. Yeah. 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 So I now believe that if you are avoiding feelings, if you're trying to stuff your feelings and not feel your feelings, you are probably more controlled by your emotions than ever. There's the phrase, hurt people hurt people. And if we're carrying around this hurt that we've not processed through, we've not worked through it at all, we are a hurt person. And those emotions will come out and they'll affect other people. It's kind of like the same concept as blaming other people for your current situation. One of the effects that that has is it takes you out of the driver's seat of your life because you're waiting for them to fix it. Now you're no longer in control over your life because you're blaming other people waiting for them to change. And the same thing happens with your emotions. If you believe that you aren't controlled by emotions, that they're weak, and that you know they're, they're not something to feel, then you're kind of taking them out of your control as well. And they're probably controlling your behavior, your thought process far more than you're willing to admit. So feeling feelings is a good thing. Beneficial. Yes. Definitely beneficial. Another aspect of emotions where they come from is when we're around other people who are experiencing emotions. And I thought this would be really important to highlight to help bring awareness. If, if you haven't really thought about it before, is the dynamic of being with somebody who's having an emotional experience. And we're wired in such a way to have an empathetic response. So if I'm sitting in front of John and he's feeling sadness, it is normal for me to experience sadness. And the fact is, I'm getting in touch with my own sadness. It's not his sadness that's affecting me. That's why I call it an empathetic response. It's like I go in and I experience my own sadness. And that's okay. I think the first step is to recognize that that happens. If you're with somebody having an emotional experience, you will also experience some of that same feeling. Don't put it on them. It's yours and it's okay. Now, in order to be able to be with somebody who's experiencing emotion, which by the way, I think is a phenomenal gift 
to be able to just let somebody experience an emotion with you. In order to do that, you've got to be okay with your own feelings. You've got to be okay with the physical sensations that's going on inside of you and the mental stuff that's going on inside of you and let it be okay. Because if we're uncomfortable with our own feelings, we will seek to shut down the other person's feelings too. And there's, there's a lot of tools to do that. I'm not advocating it, but there's different ways that we do that. We may use humor and crack a joke, you know, lighten the mood. You see people do that maybe in a small group. People are sharing, someone is sharing something kind of intense, and someone will crack a joke. Yeah. And what that does is it often changes the emotional state of the person who was originally sharing. But honestly, that's not for their benefit. That's because we were feeling uncomfortable with it. So we wanted them to stop, to stop feeling that. We may jump into problem problem solving, fixing the problem, uh, whatever is causing their emotion, let's fix that to make the emotion go away. We may just shove a Kleenex at them and tell them it's okay, it's okay. I actually have had people tell me, don't cry, you're gonna make me cry. Mm, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it would have been, in retrospect, it would have been nice if we could have just cried a little bit and hugged each other because I was moving away and it was some friends and we were gonna miss each other. Yeah. And that would have been okay. Yeah. But they were so uncomfortable with their own feelings that they couldn't allow me to do that. That's so, one. so maybe instead of calling those tools, you can call them anti-strategies. <laughs> anti-strategies. <laughs> do not employ these. <laughs> I want to make you aware of them because it's commonly what we do when we're uncomfortable. You know, and, and I didn't think to go into the strategies we use to shut down our own emotions. Mm. There's avoidance and and things of that nature. Yeah. I'm thinking it might involve a screen for a lot of people. Ooh, that works good for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me today, John. <laughs> so if you are feeling feelings because somebody else is having an emotional experience, here are some things that you can do. This is what I find helpful. I acknowledge this is uncomfortable. <laughs> I am feeling uncomfortable because of what's going on in my body and what's going on in my mind because this person's having an experience. So step one is acknowledge that it's uncomfortable. Recognize it's not your experience to process. So while you're having some feelings, it's really theirs to work through the mental process of what's going on, what's <clears throat> causing those feelings. That's their job. It's your, just your job to be there and listen without shutting them down. And this is beautiful. It's temporary. Like I said, it only feels like it's gonna last forever. That's why it's okay to just let it be. It's not gonna really grab you and take you on a ride for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, even the most intense emotions are temporary. That's right. It's some people are worried that if they start to feel it'll like open this floodgate and it's just it's just going to come all out and let's be this huge emotional explosion, however that might look, but it's temporary. And I've done that. I've allowed that. And it's almost like a, a faucet. You turn it on full blast and of its own accord, it starts to run out and it start, it's not blasting as much. And after a while, it's just dripping and then it's, it's kind of not there mm -hmm. as much. And that's what happens when we let the feelings be. Entirely another topic we'll get into is when we don't feel the feelings, we just kind of pack it up in a bag and then haul it around with us yeah. for, for, until we deal with it. <laughs> yeah. 
I wanted to mention briefly about kids because kids, they don't have the filters that we've acquired through the years. When they have an emotion, boom, it's just out there. And I want to encourage us all to be the kind of people who allow that and let kids have their feeling and to not be those grown-ups who say, oh, big boys don't cry, big girls don't cry, don't be a baby, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, to let kids have their feelings. And they move through them pretty quickly compared to adults. They do, yeah. It's actually beautiful to watch. Yeah. It's, you know, little kids in the store, and they get separated from their mom and reunited, and the kid's like, whoa, you know, and the mom's like, it's okay, that was scary, wasn't it? Look at that, I said it's okay. I take that back. Just acknowledge. (laughs) That was really scary, wasn't it? And the kid will go, yeah. And then it's like, okay, they move right through it. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of not shutting it down. And the same is true with us. A lot of times it can seem really inconvenient to take the time, whether it's letting our kid experience their feeling or experiencing our own feeling. But the fact is that it has tons of value. We're about to head into a break. We've got some really great material for you on um, not hauling your, your hurt and your emotions around with you, but processing through it. So we want you to stay tuned. You're listening to the Impact Hour. A couple of drinks after work. Think you're doing okay. Get in the car and boom, you see the flashing lights and your heart stops. Hi, I'm Mike Chastain at the Chastain Law Office, and I literally wrote the book, How to Survive a DUI Arrest, What You Need to Know. When you're pulled over for a DUI, how you act matters. Be polite, stay calm, and follow directions. It may mean the difference between going home or going to jail. My book provides critical information you need to protect your livelihood, your driving privileges, and your reputation. To get a free copy, go to www.yoursacduiattorney.com. You can listen to me every Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. for the legal hour during the happy hour on Money 105.5 FM. If you've been arrested, call me for a free consultation right now. That's yoursacduiattorney.com. Bottom line, if you've been drinking, call for a ride. If you didn't and got caught, you better call Mike. I'm Mike Chastain, and my team fights for good people. Real estate agents charge too much to sell a home and make too much money when they help you buy a home. That's why Jason Lichney believes in charging less and gives buyers some of his paycheck. If you're tired of paying too much, go to Jason at LichneyTeam.com. Jason provides exceptional service to his clients and is considered one of the top real estate brokers in the region. Go to Jason at LichneyTeam.com to start your journey towards your new home. Jason Lichney and his team of experts are just a click away. California BRE number 01704911. The temperature is going up and so are your electric bills. See a list of things you should know before choosing a solar contractor at CapitalCitySolar.com. And right now you can take advantage of their zero down, zero out of pocket cost program. Capital City Solar is a SunPower elite dealer. SunPower panels are the most efficient panels available with the industry's best combined power and product 25 year warranty. Go to CapitalCitySolar.com and click on the schedule to make an appointment with us or call 571-9339, 571-9339. Mannington's Spring into Summer Sale is offering a chance to win a $500 American Express gift card 
To enter, purchase qualified Mannington products at a participating Mannington One dealer before July 1st. Come down to Waldo Bowers Flooring Showroom at 2300 Broadway in Sacramento. They're an authorized dealer for this and much more. If you're looking for real linoleum, check out the Forbo Marmolian line of products. Real linoleum has durability and vivid colorations, which make it a wise choice for your home or workplace. It comes in tiles, planks, and sheet goods. Come see Waldo Bauer's Marmolium display. There's more options than you might imagine. 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bauer's, excellent customer service, professional installation, and affordable prices. Why would you go anywhere else? Online at waldobowersfloorcovering.com. That's waldobowersfloorcovering.com or call 451-0114. 451-0114. That's 451-0114. Could you survive six months without a paycheck? In retirement, you could go as long as 20 to 30 years without one. That's why you absolutely need a solid retirement plan. Ed Outland's Family Heritage Group will customize an individual plan that will help protect and grow your retirement. They specialize in Medi-Cal pre-planning and government entitlements, as well as providing a safe and secure retirement. Call Ed Outland's Family Heritage Group at 916-967-3500 or visit edoutland.com. Subject to prior sale, 36-month term with approved credit, $36.99 total due from customer at lease inception includes $1,500 Lexus lease cash, zero security deposit, 10,000 annual miles, 25 cents a mile lower, stock number 118714, see dealer for details and 63017. The new Lexus NX200T is sure one great way to experience amazing and for just $309 a month. It's Kitty for Lexus of Sacramento and this nimble SUV combines all-wheel drive with superior technology and performance. Drive one today, lease one for $309 a month and see how enjoyable it is shopping with Lexus of Sacramento. A League of Elite dealer, 2600 Fulton Avenue or LexusofSacramento.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we are talking about emotions and being hijacked by emotions or not. We're exploring some good opportunities to expand our capacity to handle our own feelings and the feelings of other people. So I'm really glad that you've joined us today. Just before break, we started talking about the idea of what happens when we don't deal with our feelings. And a really great analogy is we take the feeling and we shove it in a bag and we put it away. And then we get to haul that bag around with us because it never really completely goes away. And it kind of pops out when we were least expecting it. It's uh, not that we necessarily sat down, unzipped it, pulled it out, say, yeah, okay, now I'm going to deal with this, although that's totally an option. 
it just kind of bursts out sometimes. It's like the proverbial, you're mad at your boss, so you come home and kick the dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of pops out on someone else. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. When we do that, we start, it kind of alters our way of thinking. And we start saying things like always and never. So, you know, my boss is always unfair to me. You know, these things always happen to me. Um, people never include me in stuff. And then we've got like this whole catalog of experiences that confirm that. Because we haven't worked it through, that's the way the baggage kind of arranges itself. And it's interesting because the mind is actually wired in such a way as to look for similar situations that have happened to us before. It's actually supposed to be a really helpful problem-solving tool. It's like, okay, I've dealt with this before. How do I do this? But if we haven't dealt with it before, all we get is the associated feelings that came with that situation instead. And what I found is that it actually amplifies the current feeling. So, for example, if you got passed over for a promotion at work, it's very easy to, when you've got that going on, it's not just that feeling of that one incident. It's back in third grade when Sally got the part that, in the, that you wanted in the play, and it wasn't fair because she was just the teacher's pet, and that's why she got the part. And then you remembered, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you did some volunteer work, and the leader of the team took credit for all the work that you did and how unfair that was. And suddenly you've got all those feelings mixed in with the current feelings of the promotion incident. And that's the danger of not dealing, not processing, and being with our feelings in the moment is we pack it up, and then we unpack it later and make other experiences a lot more intense than they need to be. I recently had an experience called an inner healing session and I just wanted to share a neat thing that I learned from that because I think it's helpful. If you've got experiences from your past that you've been kind of lugging around with you and you're wanting to heal them, this is a part of the healing that I did was to identify the lie that I came to believe in that experience. A lie that you may have come to believe from one of these experiences could be, I'm not lovable. Um, people always take advantage of me. And then they become like broadly applied. So once we've identified the lie that we came to believe, we can replace that with a truth instead. And you know, for example, I'm lovable, in fact, I'm loved by God and he loves me more than anything. So that's, that's a truth that you can replace that lie with, and it'll actually change your experience of that memory when you go back to it. It's a really beautiful thing. Awesome. That leads us right into the next thing we wanted to talk about, and that uh, is where do these emotions come from? And there are two places that emotions come from in broad categories. And one of them is based in the facts. The thing happened. So, you know, you didn't get the part in the play that you wanted. That's the fact. It might feel like a little sad. You might feel disappointed. And those feelings are based in the fact. And then there's a second place which can drive emotions, which is what we make it mean. We, a lot of times when things happen, we don't have an explanation for it. 
Why did this happen? And so we start to fill in the blanks. And so we make up a reason why it happened, but it's all made up. And so we embellish the facts. We embellish a meaning. We create a, create a meaning out of nothing. We fabricate this meaning. Why did this happen? And the reason that we come up with the why that it happened, sometimes that, that why is kind of cruddy. You know, we make up things like, oh, well, people just don't like me or I must not be good enough or whatever, whatever that we make it mean. And that can drive a lot of emotions. The interesting thing is sometimes the fact itself doesn't drive any emotions whatsoever at all. But what we make it mean is where all the emotions are coming from. So what's useful about this is to try to distinguish what is the fact, what actually happened, and what do we know for fact is true, and what is all of the embellishment we create around the event that is completely made up. Because that stuff may not be true at all. If we made it up, maybe we didn't really see what was really true there, and we made up a false meaning. It's a lie, like you're talking about what is the lie that you came to believe. So then what? Oh, darn, we're creating those all the time. <laughs> that just hit me. <laughs> we are creating those all the time. And it's, it's not about beating yourself and going, oh, man, I'm making up stuff. It just, just happens naturally because we, we're curious people and we want to know why did this happen and why that. And, you know, that's the first question kids ask. Sometimes I think that was the first word our kids spoke. <laughs> it wasn't. I think it was data. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, it's good to understand what really is driving the emotions because we could be feeling emotions and it's because we are believing something false. And so one of the ways to deal with emotions and to prevent being hijacked by emotions quite so much is to examine what are we believing? What is the lie that we're believing and what is the truth? And that might take a whole lot of the juice right out of the situation that we encounter. And suddenly realize, oh, I'm feeling hurt by this, but I'm being hurt because I'm making it mean something that's not true. Mm-hmm. And this all comes into play. You talk about, you know, if our feelings being amplified by past experiences. Maybe we're also making it meaning around those past experiences. And we're carrying that meaning forward into the current moment. And if we, if we get into a practice of, of reassigning meaning to these things, then it helps a whole lot. So we can choose the meaning when there's a, why did that happen? And we're filling it in with a because. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, like you say, we, we won't really know why someone said or did what they did. So we can choose something that's beneficial for us that doesn't make us feel like you say cruddy, something that helps build us up instead of something that tears us down. Right. S- since we'll never really know, we might as well pick a meaning that's helpful for us. That's right. And it's good to pick a new meaning. In a specific moment, in a place of meditation, you could drop the meaning. But usually our mind wants there to be some meaning there. So in a lot of, a lot of times, it's best to not just drop an old false meaning, but to replace it with something new, something now, good. When you talk about dropping a meaning, yeah, it's kind of a mindfulness practice to just be quiet and quiet the mind. Mm-hmm. So what I find is my mind goes on and on about the story and like on and on. And I tell it over and over again, and then I'll find like a phrase that I really like. I'm like, yeah, I got to use that one. And I like totally reinforce the story. But if I allow myself to be quiet and not tell myself the story, 
and just to be with the feeling, the feeling is much less intense. And the feeling can actually, I can feel that what's going on in my body and it can actually subside if I drop the story. And the, the truth is, because you and I talked about this at length, it's not realistic to be without a story for a long period of time. But I just wanted to encourage the listeners to try that out. If you've got something that's kind of spinning you out, just be with it for a while in a quiet place, check in with your body, see what's going on and where, and just let the story go for a little while. Stop saying why something happened and just let it be and notice the difference that it makes in your body in the emotions. Yeah. Neat stuff. Yep, still important to drop the story or replace it with with a better story. A lot of times these stories we make up, this embellishment, usually is some kind of lie about ourselves. And we go into self-judgment and we carry this self-judgment forward with us, which is so unhelpful in life. So it could be self-judgment about people always reject me or I'm no good or I'm such a wimp. I always fail or this always happens to me. Ick. Dude, I cringe <laughs> just hearing you say that stuff. Yes. So we are about to head into a break here, and we will be right back. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You're listening to The Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Welcome back to The Impact Hour. <laughs> and uh, we've been talking today about emotions and being hijacked by emotions. And uh, as promised, we wanted to share with you about what to do when you're being hijacked by emotions. And uh, there's a, a number of strategies here we wanted to share with you. And so the first one we just get, got done talking a little bit about, which is reassigning meaning. Reassigning meaning is not a one-time deal. It's an ongoing practice. So it's not, well, this happened, so I reassigned the meaning, and now I'm done. And part of the, the uh, thing about reassigning meaning is it's something that builds over time, and it, it's a practice that you, you get better at, that kind of practice, you know, like, like practicing your homework kind of thing. And as you do that, you get better at reassigning meaning, and the old stories that you've been carrying around with you over time start to drop off and to diminish. And so you want to start reassigning meaning to your emotions early, like before you're hijacked by emotions. And so you get, it's kind of like, you know, you dig the well before you need it. And so you are, you are in, you're reassigning meaning, and you're, you're changing the stories that you're carrying around with you, and then... Over time, you get to an event that normally would trigger you hard 
you'd be really, really spun out by, by your push button. And now it's not so bad as it was. It's more manageable. And then over time, it gets more manageable. And, and I believe over time, eventually, the push button will be almost like nothing. But it's a practice. It is a practice to learn to retrain yourself for how you think and not jump to old patterns and old stories and old explanations that don't really serve you. It's really creating new pathways in the brain for doing something different. So that's why it is a practice and good to get used to that before you hit that major incident that would spin you out. Yeah. Now, I think you can do is you relabel the, the emotion we talked about earlier. You know, the difference between being anxious and excited is probably negligible in the, what we experience in the body. When you feel excited, you know, you get sweaty palms and you get kind of kind of this this nervousness in your body and tingly in your tummy, tingly in your tummy <laughs> or whatever. And, and that's the same kind of thing when you're anxious. You get sweaty palms and you're tingly in the tummy. And, and it's all in, in how you describe the emotion, what label you assign to it. So if you're feeling anxious in a moment, you're being hijacked, maybe all you have to do is relabel it. Might not work in all cases, but something to look at. You can change your physical state. Now that might sound like a mouthful. So Rena was talking about earlier at the beginning that what is an emotion is those two parts. It's what's going on in our body. It's the, the, the response our body is having. We have, you know, our stomach muscles tighten up. We have... You know, our breathing increases, sweaty palms, it shows up in our face. So, you know, maybe your, your forehead, your, your muscles are crinkling up and, you know, that's all part of the emotion. And of course, there's this internal thing going on that we would label as an emotion, but then there's the label. But a huge component of that is what is going on in your body. So if you want to change your emotion in the moment you're being hijacked, a lot of times all you have to do is change your physical state change what your body is doing. This is great for because it's something you can do in the moment when you're interacting with the person so you don't, you know, spew ickiness all over them as a reaction, but you can take control by changing your inner state. Yeah. Yeah, that way it's not, you know, the boss says, we're not doing any of your stupid ideas. <laughs> and then you go all over them back. <laughs> Instead, you can change your physical state. And... Uh, Part of it is just taking some deep breaths. Three deep breaths can do wonders, and it can calm your body. There's a, there's a practice we call hakalau, which is softening your eyes and your face, and that changes your physical state. A lot of times it might be your posture, sitting upright rather than being slumped over. Uh, that can change your emotions in the moment. Having more of an open body language instead of a closed up. Yeah. Tight, you know, arms crossed. Right. Yeah, just changing what you're doing with your body. It, it's, it's an interesting kind of feedback loop. So when we've got an emotion going, our body um, actually sh demonstrates it. And, and I, I remember doing an exercise. We didn't end up doing this in the seminar, but it's a mirroring exercise. Mm -hmm. So if you got yourself into an emotional state, your body would show it. Maybe you'd be hunched over, your arms crossed or something. And I can mirror you, hunch my shoulders, cross my arms, and I can feel it in my body the same way, the same emotion. Yeah. So that's how powerful it is. And it's a really great tool for, for changing how you're feeling in the moment. Change yes. your body. Now, you still have these emotions going on. So this is what to do in the moment, but
but you probably should still come back later on and process those emotions. Otherwise, you're still carrying those around with you for the next time. Yeah, sometimes in the moment when we're dealing with a person, isn't the time to process through what's going on, but you know, maybe a little later when we're by ourselves and we have a chance to think about, what was I thinking? Why was I so upset by that? What was going on? And then yeah. you can, that's with opportunity to reassign meaning like you were talking about. Yep. Get out of the story. So a lot of times our emotions are because we've got this story going on and this person doesn't care about me or all this, this junk, this story we're making up. And just in that moment, do a mindfulness exercise and drop the story and just get present. Just get into the here and now. This person used these words. Is that what they really meant to say? What message are they really trying to convey here? What are they really wanting? And maybe what they're wanting isn't actually what they're saying but it's a response to what they're wanting. And just get curious and just be present. Yeah, and you can actually have like a blanket kind of thing that you tell yourself about other people's motives. Uh, They're doing their very best. That's the best that they can do, which is a lot kinder than some of the other meanings that we may be assigning. Right, very much so. Yeah. Yes. And one last thing you can do is... If you're in the moment being hijacked by your emotions is you can excuse yourself. Yes. Now, maybe it's not normal to do this in the place that you're at. And uh, it can be a lot better than the alternative of sticking it out and blowing up on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So it might not be normal. Maybe you'll establish a new normal for wherever you're at. But you can say something like, well, give me a moment. I'm having a hard time right now taking this in and I need a few moments to process this. Yeah, that's honest. Yeah. Yeah, they might be a little surprised, but it's it's perfectly appropriate for you to just excuse yourself, give you a few minutes to sort some stuff out, and then re-engage. Yes. Do and the let, and let them know you're not fleeing the scene. You are planning on coming back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something I would do. <laughs> In the past. In the past. In the past. And then, like we mentioned before, set aside time later to process the emotions because you, you definitely want to process those and not just keep carrying this around with you. And processing it through is just, you know, what, what is in the experience, what is the truth, what is the lie, and all, all that stuff. And just go through the experience and, and let yourself feel. Let it be. It's much better to process it than to carry it around. Yes. Yeah. One final thought I wanted to share in my exploration of the topics of emotions and and dealing with our own feelings and the feelings of other people is in our language, we have a strange way of saying about feelings. We say, I am. We don't have a temporary version of that verb that I presently am. Instead, it's, it's as though it's a part of who I am. So we say, I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm scared. And the fact is that that's not who we are. And when we use that kind of terminology, I think it makes it bigger for us. It makes it a much larger experience. So I wanted to invite the listeners to instead consider integrating in, I'm feeling sad, or I'm feeling angry, or I'm feeling happy. And know that that's not who you are. It's a temporary state that you're in. Part of reinforcing that idea that emotions are temporary. They're not going to last forever. So just to enjoy, be okay with what it is now. Let it be. And don't let it shape who you are because you are not your feelings. 
They're just a part of our human experience. Awesome. Yeah. Great tools today. I'm really glad that you went over those tips for when you're hijacked by emotions because our feelings very much impact other people. It's not just us and our experience, but they very much impact the people around us. That's why it's so important to learn to be okay with our feelings, to manage them and honor them and value them, and also to be able to be with other people in their feelings. And remember that they're simply an indicator of something that's going on. So it's totally worth checking out. Thank you so much for joining us for the Impact Hour. to retirement, a lot of folks don't even know where to start, and it's easy to be overwhelmed and confused by all the information out there. Don't let that happen to you. Join Jeff Mitchell, the president of Monolith Financial Group, every Saturday morning at 10 for the Monolith Money Show to discover the strategies you need to know to have a happy and comfortable retirement. Start your journey into retirement with the Monolith Money Show featuring Jeff Mitchell every Saturday morning at 10 on Money 105.5. Your home is so much more than square footage and a floor plan. So why would you entrust buying a new home or selling your home to anyone but Ellen Hurley, the Real Estate Insider? And tune in weekdays from noon to one for Ellen Hurley's show, The Real Estate Insider, exclusively on Money 1055. Buying or selling on the Real Estate Insider. For your real estate dream, she gets it done. Call 916 What if you could have an experience of a lifetime this year? Something that goes beyond mundane. It's not a vacation. It's an opportunity you won't soon forget. A timely and important expedition to the land of Israel awaits you. Make plans now for the Stand with Israel tour happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you firsthand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll introduce you to the geopolitical, economic, and security dynamics of a truly remarkable nation. Get a behind-the-scenes view into many of the places you've read and heard about all during Jerusalem's 50th year anniversary. The Western Wall, Modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more with expert guides and important lectures at key sites surrounded in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations.